I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. All right, Leroy and I just came up with a poll question for tomorrow's Wendy's Big Show. I'm not sure how it came up. I think it had to do with Adam Roberts. So we'll get to the madness. Don't worry. We're, we'll get there. But real quick. So Leroy is headed to the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, uh, tomorrow. Do some anti-bullying and so forth. Way, way up north. Never even heard of the town. But he's going up there doing a couple schools and so forth tomorrow and Friday. So he'll be gone. But... So somehow or another, Minocqua came up. Did you bring Minocqua up, AR? He brought it up. He brought up Minocqua. So Minocqua uh, is a touristy resort type getaway destination, right? Big Minocqua fan over here. Big, you, so you've been? Oh, yeah. You yeah, I had a girlfriend in college who had a place on Squirrel Lake, which is just <laughs> outside. Which is like it's called mo- Squirrel Lake? Yep. It is the most Wisconsin-sounding lake name you could probably yeah, come up I with. Tend to it's agree huge, that. too. It's really? absolutely enormous. Okay, so I was asking Leroy, because he started talking about Minocqua, and I was saying that my cousins have, um, I don't know if it's timeshare, if they own cabins or what all they have, but they've been going up there since they were small children, and my cousins are all older than me, and then my brother is the youngest of all of us. So we never went. My mom did, never wanted to go, right? Had no interest in ever taking us, did not want to go. Then, after we were old and moved out of the house and everything, then my mom went and experienced Minocqua for the first time. I think she's only been once or twice. Um, and then then she went once. We were all older and so forth. But anyways, so my cousins, uh, they, they lived in Madison when I was growing up. They go every year. And normally every year, it's the week of Summerfest is when they always have their week when they go. And I, when I was you know cold and lonely and single and all that, was never really able to go because Summerfest, back in the day, this radio station, we'd be out every year at Summerfest doing our broadcast. So I was like, it's Summerfest week. There's no way. So I would always be working or whatever the case may be. So they've been on me all these years to go. And now Kay, my significant other, she uh, has just no interest in going because she's like, it's too, too far because she likes heat. And she goes, that's so far north, there's no way it's going to be in the 90s. It's never going to get to that warm. It'll never be that warm. If it's in the 80s here, she goes, it's going to be the 70s up there. It's always going to be cooler than here. No. So she really will only agree to go south. She ain't going north. That's not happening. Like, Apostle Islands. I've always wanted to check out the Apostle Islands. That's never going to happen. Manaqua. I've always wanted to check out Manaqua. That's not going to happen. I took her to Door County once. It was in the 70s. Too cold. No interest in going back. So, done with that. Love me some Door County, too. Big fan of Door County. So tomorrow, I think we're going to do a poll question, since I've never been to Manaqua, as far as which one do you prefer? Manaqua or Door County? Which one's better? I think that's a good poll question for tomorrow, because I think a majority of people that listen, especially when we do this on the statewide network, have probably been to one or both. So I'm anxious to see what people think. You know, Sparky, there is such a thing as taking a solo trip. 
No, absolutely not. I love doing solo trips. I've been doing no. them for a long time. I did solo trips when I had to, and I had no girl. Then I did solo trips, but I'm not going without my family somewhere on purpose. No, no chance. Uh, I mean, you got kids and all that other stuff. See, that's the difference in perspective. To pick up and roll out on your family. Like well, when you put it like that. Yeah, like I can't do that. Now, look, I know there are some guys out there and girls. That'll do their guys weekend to Vegas, right? And all the wives and kids get stuck at home all weekend, and the guys just leave them. Bart did then, one of those recently. Yeah, he does it every year. Well, he did it every year before his uh, son was born. I don't know if they still do it, but he used to do a thing with his brothers or whatever and, and do that. Um, around, based around a Packer game, I think it is every year Bart does it, which is fine. And then I know there are some women out there that do a girls weekend. So the guys do their weekend and take some vacation time. And then later, the girls will do their weekend and go wherever they go. And then the guys are at home with the kids. That sounds fun. I, I just have no interest in it whatsoever. Like I, I'd rather just be uh, with the family all the time and take Disney World trips or whatever we're going to be. Like, for instance, this year. Do you know where the family vacation is this year? Where is it, Sparky? Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Want to know why? Home of the Colonels. Because the, the the freshman has a perfect game tournament in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. That will be the only vacation that we essentially have. And that's like June 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, whatever. That's going to be our family vacation this year because then we have the baby coming in July and then that's the end of all that. So that, that'll be kind of the family vacation. Last year, uh, it was Iowa. Year before that was uh, Iowa. Because those are I'm the, noticing a trend. Right, because that's where the kids play baseball. I mean, we've been, I should take that back. We were in Indiana a couple of years two ago down in Indianapolis for a tournament. So that was kind of a vacation as well. Trips to Illinois do not count as vacations. Uh, so we, like, we go to Rantoul, Illinois. If anything, you should be paid to do that. Yeah, Rantoul, Illinois, we've been down to, uh, we go every summer now uh, for tournaments. I don't know. Illinois is not a vacation. I, and you could argue Iowa is not a vacation, but it, it's good enough for us, I guess. Okay, so that'll be a poll question tomorrow. AR can put up when the big show starts, and we'll see how that goes. So I've completely sidetracked us for the first six minutes of the show, and I apologize. Brewers are playing right now, so I'm not going to try to attempt to do any type of Brewers conversation one way or the other. Um, I do want you to hear uh, some of Frank Winters, if you missed it earlier today, uh, coming up. But first... I'd like to talk about a former Milwaukee Bucks coach whose team is still playing in the playoffs, currently in the NBA playoffs. This said former Milwaukee Bucks head coach uh, was vilified uh, by the fan base uh, by the end of his deal. Then, as Giannis's book came out, further vilified uh, for being way too mean uh, towards everybody involved, right? Larry Sanders, um, too much yelling and screaming at players and hurting feelings and so forth. And these guys apparently didn't like it, so forth. Now, Giannis wanted to keep him. Giannis was like, whatever, I'm good. Do whatever you got to do. We're fine. Uh, the rest of them, apparently not so much. And Jason Kidd, old school guy, played back in the era in which, you know, this was all acceptable behavior. The stuff he was doing was how he was coached. That's That's kind of how it was. Jason Kidd was never an assistant coach prior to coming to Milwaukee. He was a head coach with the Nets, uh, who put together the KG team with the Nets, if you remember back then. Uh, And they were horrible in the first half of the year. Uh, And then the second half of the year got on a pretty nice size run and had the best chance that year in the playoffs to actually knock off uh, LeBron James' team, fell short, and then LeBron James obviously went on to win a title. And then the whole Bucs thing happens and so forth. Now, Jason Kidd, uh, regardless of whether or not you want to give him credit or not, does deserve some credit for Giannis here. Jason Kidd is the one that started and helped foster and develop that relationship with Giannis and Kobe Bryant. He's the one that made that made that deal. He's the one that got that relationship with KG and some of these Bucks players and practices, and it got KG involved with that side of things, with Giannis. He's the one that got John Stockton involved with some of these guys and was able to bring them and John Stockton in to kind of help with a younger Bucks team at that point. He's the one that gave Giannis the ball and said, here, let's see how you do run in the offense. Now, I will argue to the day I die, it was out of desperation because they were hurt. But regardless, it ended up being a brilliant move. Then, after Giannis... And Kid are separated, and Kid goes on his way and eventually ends up as assistant coach of the LA Lakers. 
in comes Mike Boonholzer, who tells Chris Middleton's mid-range jumpers, eh, don't need them anymore. I know it's your strength, but I don't really like playing the strengths of players. Let's just have you shoot threes moving forward. Eric Bledsoe, just practice shooting threes moving forward. Brooke Lopez, buddy, I know your best game is around the rim. Let's have you practice shooting threes too because that's what we're going to do. We're going to shoot threes. We're going to adapt. We're going to be the Golden State Warriors and shoot a bunch of threes because that is what the NBA is today. And we were behind with that old school basketball of working inside out with Jason Kidd. So we're not doing that anymore. We're going to shoot a lot of threes. Okay. Now, in fairness, according to reports, the analytics department and people in the front office of the Milwaukee Bucks tried to convince Jason Kidd to change his offensive philosophy, try to convince Jason Kidd that mid-range jumpers really wasn't a thing, try to convince Jason Kidd that we should be shooting more threes. And Jason Kidd, according to reports, didn't want to hear about any of it. Jason Kidd, I'm a basketball player, Hall of Famer. I know how the hell to play the game. I'm good. Kind of leave me alone. Okay, now these are all based on reports. So now Bud's here and starts telling everybody to shoot threes. So Giannis starts shooting threes, hits a couple. And the Bucks fan base rejoices. Oh my God, I cannot believe Jason Kidd was so mean that he wouldn't let Giannis develop his three-point shot while he was here. Why would he want him to focus on learning how to play around the rim for and go to the rim? Why would he do that? His game clearly should be revolving around the three-point shooter. He held Giannis back. And gosh darn Jason Kidd. You hear how silly it sounds now, Bucks fans? Just hear how silly it sounds? If you don't hear how silly it sounds now, I can't do anything for you. It sounded dumb when y'all said it then, and it sounds even worse now that you've watched Giannis have all this time to develop the three-point shot. Has he gotten better? Sure. Is it a strength? No. Will it ever be a strength? No. What's his strength? Playing around the rim and attacking which is what was taught and helped by Jason Kidd. So after Jason Kidd is done being an assistant coach with the Lakers, that team has fallen apart and Vogel gets fired. He then goes to be the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks to replace Rick Carlisle. And as was expected, the Dallas Mavericks got criticized for bringing in a guy with an ancient offense in Jason Kidd to come in and run this thing. Then the book comes out with Giannis and how mean he was to everybody And everybody then said, hey, man, what are you doing hiring this guy? Are you nuts? Like, he's going to, Luka Doncic ain't going to want to play for that guy. Nobody's going to play for that guy. You're going to kill your organization doing this. Hmm. Fair point, based on all the reports in the book. Well, turns out, uh, I haven't heard anybody complaining about Jason Kidd in Dallas and how he does things. Because Jason Kidd has changed. Jason Kidd has changed to the degree of he's okay with them shooting a bunch of threes. Jason Kidd also is all about defending the three-point shot as well. And they've done it at a fairly pretty good clip. And his team is still playing in the playoffs. And the point guard that was very good, Luka Doncic, before he got there, very good player, no question, took a step forward with Jason Kidd. As the head coach. As Gary said, Jason Kidd says, hey man, just giving him the answers to the test. Maybe he didn't know him, but I'm giving them to him. So he developed Giannis from literally a pile of clay and got him to the point where he was before leaving. And now he's taken a a very nice piece of art and turned it into a masterpiece in Luka Doncic. And showed the ability to change and adapt and move forward and evolve with what the NBA was. Didn't stay stubborn. No, I'm not going to change. I am who I am. I'm not changing. Hmm. So, I want to just kind of go down this Jason Kidd road with y'all here for a second. Did we maybe... I don't know. Were we maybe wrong about Jason Kidd? Maybe maybe we were wrong. That he's awful. He'll always be awful. Nobody's ever going to be able to win with Jason Kidd. He's just a horrible dude. Blah, 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 blah. Now listen, I'm not talking about Jason Kidd off the court. I don't care about the whole Jason Kidd off the court stuff. I realize all the crap. I get it. 
All I'm talking about is Jason Kidd as a head coach of your basketball team. Many of you said you would never hire Jason Kidd. No chance. Many of you said the Mavericks were screwed bringing in Jason Kidd. Maybe people were wrong. I don't know if you'll admit it or not, but maybe maybe some of us were wrong. You can also tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. We'll see how many people are willing to admit. Maybe. Maybe they were wrong on Jason Kidd. Maybe he's not the worst coach in the NBA. That's next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sparky's Midday Matt is presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Get your playoff tickets now for Game 3. They're going to take on Chicago starting this weekend down in Chicago. Game 3, though, Panther Arena on Wednesday. Game 4 at Panther Arena next Friday. Uh, so a week from today, Game 3, and then next Friday the 27th would be Game 4. But Game 3 tickets on sale right now, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Panthers take on the Chicago Wolves. It's Sparky's Midday Madness, uh, presented to you by the Admirals, live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Asking you about Jason Kidd. Maybe maybe people were wrong. Maybe we were all wrong uh, about Jason Kidd. That maybe he actually isn't the worst coach in the NBA. Maybe he actually is good. For NBA basketball teams. Maybe he does make players better. Hmm? What do you think? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan. Uh, Jake Kokorowski has... Uh, not Jake Kokorowski. Oh, my God. Looking at his name. I might run down from the big show. Adam Roberts has some news on college football and conference championship games as well. We'll get to that uh, in just a little bit. Ryan in Burlington. You're first up on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Sparky. Hey, you know, I think Kidd is a good coach. I think he, he coaches great defense. I think he, he was, for us, he was on the front end of what we were building. So I think he put the foundation of defense. And, you know, I, I wish we could have somebody that could tell Giannis not to shoot threes. I think it's needed. Um, but the thing, with, the thing with Kidd is his personality wears very thin in pro basketball. He's not much different than a George Carl. Look at how much success George Carl had as a coach in the NBA. Took teams to, to the um, Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. To the, the finals itself great, as well, the NBA Finals. Yeah. Right. Great, An absolute great coach. But the same thing happened everywhere he went. He wore thin with players, and he was there three years before the players outed him because he would call Sam Cassell in interviews. He would, he would throw players under the bus yep. to the media. Um, and I think the same thing with Kidd. I think it's premature to say, oh, he's changed. Well, he hasn't been in Dallas very long, and my guess would be just like J- the reason Jimmy Butler goes around team to team is because you can only take that kind of mentality for so long before it doesn't sit well in the locker room. Like a Scott Skiles. Well Scott Skiles has had the same problem where he wears teams out. He burns out on them. Thibodeau has had that same issue in his career. There are some dudes like that for sure. I agree with you on that. 
absolutely. And I, and I think he's a good coach, but I, I think, you know, like Don, you know, Luca in 19 and 20 had better stats than last year and this year. So now again, he was on the up. So to say that kid turned Luca into this amazing player, he was headed that way anyway. And that's not to take away that he's not a good coach and not doing a good job there. But I promise you, the way this goes in history with coaches like him is I don't know that he's as much changed as it hasn't worn thin yet in Dallas. Well, I'll tell you this much. He wasn't about shooting threes in Milwaukee, and he's about shooting threes in Dallas now. And and to me, that's that's a change at this point. Luka uh, wasn't exactly the most in-shape person in the whole wide world. Kids got him convinced to lose some of that weight to make him a little bit better. I mean, there are things he's already done to help make that uh, a, a better organization at this point. Now, you may be right. He may burn these guys out, and Luka may end up hitting them by the end of this thing. That very well could happen in two or three years. But as of right now, he definitely, I, I think, has made them a better program. Thanks for the call. I uh, got a tweet here uh, from Jerry uh, tweeting at Sparky Radio. Now, he quote tweets this. This tweet was from January 22nd of 2018. He went back and got this tweet. ESPN Stats and Info. In the last two seasons, Jason Kidd never had Giannis, Jabari Park, and Chris Middleton on the floor together. Zero minutes in two seasons without having what would have been his big three at that moment in time. So Jerry quote tweets and it says, Sparky, something I've always stood by. Have had, have had, quote, experts say he wasn't a good coach, but couldn't answer how he was supposed to solve this puzzle. He couldn't make Giannis greater faster. Nor did Bud. It was evolution of the player through experience. That's Jerry uh, tweeting at Sparky Radio about this topic uh, concerning Jason Kidd. That's to me. That's just it. Uh, again, here's the question: Is we were wrong about Jason Kidd at 12:50 a.m. The fan Trey says I get to say no to this because I was right. Laughing, crying emojis. Yes, he was. He is. Like one of the only dudes on social media that defended Kid throughout. Even when Kid was gone, he defended Jason Kidd. So to that point, yes, absolutely right. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Brian, LMA, no. But like always, give me a reason why. Give me a reason why. I mean, it's easy to say no and give no reason. Just think of how... I don't want to say dumb or stupid because those are nice words. Um, But we were, not we, because I didn't want him shooting threes, but a lot of you who were all cheerleading for Giannis to shoot threes and da-da-da-da-da and, oh, it's going to fix everything. With all due respect, the meat and potatoes of that dude's game is from what Jason Kidd and Garnett and these guys all worked on with Giannis back then. You remember back then, it was, he's too timid going to the rim. He needs to add more muscle. He's got to be more physical. He's got to have that dog mentality. That's what KG was spouting. Kid was talking about it. They were all talking about it. And trying to get that mentality into his brain and buy into what they were selling of how he was going to be great. And he's done it. He's there. That's them. And I can't stand Kevin Garnett. So for me to get KG credit for anything is ridiculous. But you got to give credit where credit's due. Those dudes, that old school core of guys that he put around Giannis and was able to allow them to kind of get into his brain, into his way of thinking at a young age, new to this country, new to the game of what the NBA is, that Kobe meeting after a game, and then that friendship that played out until Kobe's tragic passing. If none of that happens, is he the same guy? Don't know. I would guess no. Kavika in Maui, you are next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's up, Kavika? Aloha. Hey, Aloha. You never know. Jason Kidd could be the reason why Giannis is Giannis. I mean, he's the one that put his put the ball in his hands and says, go play point. And I mean, he's like a hyper point guard. I mean, you don't see a seven-footer doing that. Um yeah, he's making a lot. He's made a lot of adjustments. I, I the caller before uh, had made a couple good points about you know his his style probably wearing thin. He might be like old school and just too hard on the players, throwing them under the bus. But you know, as far as his butt is concerned, I mean, God, the only adjustment I see is 
cover the line, man. I mean, I know Drew Holiday was a little upset with him last year about, you know, just letting letting the the other team just shoot so many threes. I don't know if you have to implement a whole different kind of a defensive scheme, but that's the only problem I see with with Bullenholzer. But well, I mean, my my thing in all of this is is, is this is will Bud be willing to evolve from what his core beliefs are to take it to the next level? Because Bud very well can sit back and say, hey, look, we didn't really defend the three last year, and we won a championship. And that's it worked. Like, our way worked. If we have Chris Middleton, we win that series. And you know what? I don't 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 know. I don't, but I don't disagree with Bud. If if Bud were on this radio show, and he's not going to be, but if Bud were on this radio show and he said, Sparky, if we have Middleton, we win. I don't care about that dude taking 18 threes and having time to reward in peace before taking each shot. It don't matter. We would have won. What we did was right. Yes, Horford got hot. For one game, he got hot, and it was a blip on the radar, and it didn't matter. That didn't cost the us the series. Guy got hot too, though. Uh, yes, Tatum was points in his life. Tatum was Tatum got hot for sure, and no, then the other guy. I don't in the game seven. Oh, you're my Grant Williams. Yeah, but he took like 18 yeah. threes, so he's going to make a few. I mean, hell, most people are going to make a few if you give them 18 threes. The thing somebody's going to go over 18 from three is, I mean, it's probably not going to happen. Kavika, thanks for the call. It's probably not going to happen. So I can't sit here and argue with Boonholzer and say, "Oh no, coach, you're wrong. There's no way you win it with Middleton." Because I, I don't believe that. I think they do win it with Middleton. And they move on. They play Miami. And more than likely, they beat Miami. And they move on to the next round. And they probably win the whole thing again. That's my belief. Having said that, do I hope he evolves to def- wanting to defend the three better? And maybe moving the roster around a little bit different to kind of put him in a position to do that? I do. Do I think it'll happen? I don't know. No idea. Because, as Leroy's pointed out, and I believe it to be true, these numbers guys are going to kind of dictate what happens next, I think. And I, I agree with Leroy. If these numbers guys come up and say, look, man, maybe we need to make a little bit of an adjustment here to what we've been doing to kind of keep up with how we're being played, okay, maybe. Maybe then he changes. But if Bud says, I'm not changing and we're rolling with what we got, you got to respect that too. Because if everybody's healthy, they do it. Look at Boston last night. They're down two guys last night. And it wasn't Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, mind you. It was their starting guard, Marcus Smart, okay? And a nice role player in Horford. And the third quarter was a complete implosion. A complete implosion. And they had two of the, they had their two best players. The Bucs didn't have their second best player. We had a caller earlier in the big show that said, if there was no Jalen Brown on the Celtics and no Milton on the Bucs, he said Boston wins that series. No chance. Zero chance. Bucks win that series. If Jalen Brown is out and Middleton is out, Bucks still win that series, even with how they didn't really care one way or the other about defending the three or however they chose not to defend it. Even with all that being said, they still win that series. But for me, it's just about will he want to or care to evolve to try and do things a little bit differently or will he stick to his guns and how his defensive philosophies are? We've got him on the, uh, on him in the past about being willing to kind of change uh, about how you do things offensively. That was a knock on him for two years going into that championship run last year. Mike the Painter, you're next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's up, Mike? Hey, thanks, Sparky, for taking my call. I, I as our head coach, he was young. His first head coaching job, I thought the only bad thing was how he got the job, how they did lose. Uh, Larry Drew. That was the only knock on it. But with Bud, I think he is that type of coach that after a while he'll see that the game is evolving and that he does need to tweak some things. But you're spot on. If we do have Chris Middleton, we're we're advancing and we probably are winning the championship. So does he really need to tweak everything? It would be nice to see him do that in a game if it is going bad, just to tweak it a little bit, to change it up so that, you know, we don't have a guy going 7 for 18 from the right. three-point line. But, you know, that's coaching. Yep. You know, you, you win it or you lose it, you know, and that's what we can say. You Mike, know? thanks for the call. I, a buddy of mine uh, texted me and said, hey, kid was good in year one in Milwaukee too. Let's see how this goes going forward. Fair point. Fair analysis. I just know when Jason Kidd was here, kind of what he believed in offensively 
is not necessarily translating to what he is now. So I think, maybe I'm wrong, that he learned along the way, maybe from what went wrong in Milwaukee to how they did things in L.A., and maybe they sold them on their vision of how they wanted the ball to be played in Dallas from Cuban in front office uh, in Dallas. And they said, look, we're good. You're going to have to kind of change offensively how you play. Like you have to be willing to incorporate more of the three-point shot if we're going to bring you in. And maybe Kidd had to sign off on that in order to get the job. I have no idea. But he has changed somewhat. That was pointed out earlier. Will he burn these guys out? Will he be out in three or four years? Very well might be. Might be a Thibodeau, might be a Skiles, might be one of those guys. Somebody brought up George Carl earlier. This is what I'll tell you about George Carl. George Carl loves chaos. Thrives in chaos. He likes drama. Loves it. Keeps players on edge and so forth. When everything's happy-go-lucky and everybody's kumbayaing and all that other stuff, I don't think George is as comfortable in that setting. Because players aren't edge and so forth. I think he believes the other way, that that actually makes teams better. I don't think I agree with him, but I I think that's always kind of been his thing. Whether it be Denver with Carmelo, whether it be Milwaukee with Gray and Glenn and Sam, and the two factions that didn't get along and how that whole thing played out, um, him versus Ray, whatever the case may be. But that's, that's his own personal belief, one way or the other. And that's what he thought was made made things successful. I mean, if you look back at that that Seattle with Peyton and Kemp and those guys, there were a lot of egos on that team, a lot that he was dealing with as well. And you also got to remember George coaching the CBA for years, so it wasn't like George just was an NBA guy. George paid his dudes along the way to get up uh, and get into the NBA and go go at it from that standpoint uh, as well. All right, take a quick time. I'll come back. I want you to hear from Frank Winters. Before we do that, though, uh, there's been some news on college football uh, and these conference championships. A.R. Adam Roberts, executive producer, uh, has more on that. What do you got? So this is being reported by a number of outlets, and it uh, would have affected the 2021 Big Ten season. Okay. So the NCAA is announcing, uh, and these are the official words, quote, the Division One Council is relaxing restrictions for FBS football conference championship games FBS conferences to determine their championship game participants. So the Pac-12 has taken initiative on this very quickly after that was announced and says today they have announced a change to how it will determine teams that qualify for the Pac-12 football championship game. Starting in 2022, the two teams with the highest conference winning percentage will face off in the championship game. The current conference football schedule based upon two divisions will remain in place for 2022. Scheduling scenarios for seasons beyond will continue to be reviewed. How this relates to the Big Ten, and we were talking about this in the break, Sparky, is if you look at the standings, the East Division featured two 8-1 Big Ten teams in Michigan and Ohio State. The West Division winner was Iowa at 7-2. Under the new format, Wolverines and Buckeyes would meet in the Big Ten Championship game. If that's game. how the Big Ten wanted to do it. Right, but and they have not choice. determined that yet. It's their choice. So they could just say, don't care who wins the other division, we want to see what we believe are the two best teams, and we don't believe the best team is in the other division. Depending on their record. And that is not going to be good for the teams in the other division. See, they need to realign these divisions. And I know as a Badger fan, you don't want to realign I get it because I know that the Badgers may be in trouble if they have to go against, you know, Michigan or Michigan State year to year and, and deal with that as far as records go. But if if this happens and this is how this is going to be, they may just well may as well just ignore the other side regardless of what happens. Because if it's up to the conference to determine the two best teams, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't think I'm a fan of all this. And you said, didn't you say the Pac-12 was talking about eliminating divisions now because of this? They said that they'll be reviewing it after this season. So for this year, everything should be in place, but they are going to use the two highest conference winning percentage teams. So they'll have their divisions, but the way they're making it it sound like it won't matter. It won't matter at the end of the day. 
Boy, oh boy, don't want that for the Big Ten. No, 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 no. That would not be a good thing. All right, take a quick time out and come back. You're from Frank Winters, Packers Hall of Fame center. He's going into another Hall of Fame coming up on Friday night down in Chicago. Find out which one in a great conversation between him, Gary, and Leroy earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. Stay tuned for that. Straight ahead, Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Get your playoff tickets today at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com for Game 3 against the Wolves of Chicago coming up next Wednesday. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Get your playoff tickets today. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Game three of their series against the Chicago Wolves comes up Wednesday at Milwaukee Panther Arena. Earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show, uh, we had a chance to talk with Frank Winters, Packers Hall of Fame center. And he is going into Mike Ditka's Gridiron Greats Hall of Fame at a dinner ceremony coming up on Friday night down in Chicago. Tickets are still available. We tweeted that out uh, via the Big Show Network Twitter account. I retweeted it at Sparky Radio. If you're interested in going to see Frank Winters get inducted, Warwick Dunn will be there. Jack Youngblood will be there. Uh, So a a lot of cool uh, athletes getting inducted into this Hall of Fame and Gridiron Greats does a lot for retired athletes um, involving all kinds of different aspects uh, of life. But I was kind of joking around to start the interview with Frank Winters uh, talking about, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with Packer Hall of Fame and all that. I just don't know if I'm okay with this whole Frank Winters getting into some Hall of Fame with Mike Ditka's name on it, the bear guy at the end of the day. So I reside here in Chicago, guys. I mean, Gary and Leroy know that. Um, well, you were up at the Broad Stop with us a couple years ago. We did that whole Packer That's bear true. thing. Yeah. Yeah. About 45 minutes I could be up there, yeah. So, um, and I've, I've known Coach Dicker, and I, you know, down in, I play a lot of golf at a club called Old Florida in Naples with a bunch of friends of mine from Chicago. So I got to know him and, you know, the people who, who run it and um, the girls here, uh, Karen Wright here in Chicago, and uh, they reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested, and I said I would love to. You know, they, they do such a great job with regards to, you know, the grid on grades, taking care of the old players. You know, some guys who need financial or go through some hardships. I think it's a great time. It's a great opportunity for me, you know, to give back um, to the place where I live at. Um, you know, and just give it back to the NFL. They do a lot of things for a lot of retired NFL players, and it's a, it's a great opportunity. There's going to be some great people there. Um, I got, we're going to have some great people in attendance. I've had the opportunity to meet Jack Youngblood this year at the Super Bowl, and um, looking forward to meeting Mrs. Riggins, who's, who's done a, a, a tremendous amount of work for the Pro Football Retired Association. And uh, she's, she's been a blessing for all the retired plays and uh, working, you know, working her, her things on the side to make sure she looks out for the retired players. So it's, it's an honor. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a lot of friends there, and it's, uh, it'll be a fun time. And yeah. uh, oh. I just wanted to reach out to Leroy and congratulate him on his great honor. And, uh, We'll see you there in August, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's 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 great to get into uh, to hang out with some guys that I've played with as a teammates, and and have them go on to be in the Hall of Fame of the NFL. Uh, Frank, you're just a tremendous teammate, and not only did you have the best hair on the team, I think what people I just got a haircut too. Did you? <laughs> I think what people just like one. what people like players, and you're right about Miss Riggins. I mean, if it wasn't for her talking about the concussion stuff and all this stuff that players deserve. The families go through a lot. And sometimes uh-huh. the guys can't benefit from some of these things. So, yeah, congratulations to the entire class that's going in. Any kind of Hall of Fame to me is amazing. But anytime time with Dicka, you think about cigars, bourbon, you know, just having fun for grown men. But my question, you also do something with the NFL helping players uh, so you're very connected. I mean, is this something you like, this kind of platform you like being on? Because you're going to be able to meet a lot of people. I mean, is this kind of stuff you like meeting people and just doing stuff with mm-hmm. players off the field? Yeah, it's it's a great honor. I mean, most of you guys know Warwick Dunn, who's also Yes, Florida State. Well, yep. Florida State guy, Warwick yep. Dunn, uh, he's, he's done some tremendous things off the field as a football player. Yep. He's also an, ed- an NFL Legends community guy. And basically our, our job is to kind of reconnect, bring teammates together, uh, let them know some of the resources that are available. You know, I've had conversations with Gary and uh, in the past about, you know, all the good things they do that maybe some players don't realize that are available. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're – I mean – there are some great things that this NFL legends and the NFL community as a whole provide through a bunch of different avenues and resources. And I'm out there trying to, you know, hook players up with uh, benefits that they may not, they know that they may not know they're, you know, entitled to 
or or even even be allowed to have. So mm-hmm. um, it's you know I, you know I talk to daily guys on a daily basis, and I try to educate them on some of the you know the things that with the new CBA was you know just negotiated with. Now we got the headache, uh, dedicated hospital network. You know you got all these great things that through the new CBA that are offered that I want everybody to take advantage of because. You know, as a former player, we built this game, and you know, and as the game grows um, and the money grows, uh, it, it's you know, it's it's good for everybody because we get to enjoy the, re- the rewards of it. That that's programs that are provided through these uh, different avenues through the NFL, and it's and, and like you said, Leroy, you know, you know, I'm I love you know I, I love the guys that I play with. You know, I like to give back and you know educate mm-hmm. those guys, and uh, I want everybody to be. Uh, try to be healthy and take advantage of the situations that are provided to us and make the most of it. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's what I try to do now, and uh, I, I enjoy it. Tom and Frank Winters, Packers Hall of Fame Center, going into another Hall of Fame. Mike Ditka's Great uh, Great Iron Greats Hall of Fame Gala down in Chicago coming up this Friday night. He joins us here on the Schneider Orange Highline. The reason why I love it because it's in Chicago, and people actually think in Gary's era – they really didn't like each other. I mean, Gary tells us these stories all the time, the Chicago Bears and the Packers not like it. But me and your era in the 90s. Oh, we, man, Frank older than us, ain't he? Uh, you stop. You stop that. You stop. So we <laughs> not, were. Um, uh, <laughs> right. Not that old. I'll straighten him out, Frank. Don't worry. But we I'll were actually. Worry, I appreciate it, right? Yeah, we were competitive, but we were still friends off the field. Now, when you first met Brett Farr, I mean, I mean, you, you, you. You don't really know the ins and outs, how he got the whatever. Get past that part. When he first comes through, you got you work with a lot of quarterbacks. Here's a new guy coming. He's just got traded. Cause you were there uh-huh. before uh, Brett got there. So yeah. the, what's that transition like when you have your a quarterback like Magic or somebody you've been working with for a long time? He's kind of your guy. Here comes the new guy now. Uh, what's that transition like? Well, you know, it's uh, um, sometimes, you know, people, you know, you look at the NFL today with the current situations with quarterbacks moving from team yes, to team. Yes, yes, um, uh, And you look at a position like a guy like Brett. Brett was a guy that came out highly recruited by, you know, thought Ron Wolf, but he's one of the best players in the draft. And, you know, he went to Atlanta. And at that time, they had a good quarterback. And sometimes general managers and coaches – sometimes think the grass is greener on the other side. And if you look at, if you look at Brett's situation and you look at what Ron pulled off, it's, it's probably one of the, it's probably the most, you know, accomplished best trade of all time in the NFL, you know, with having Brett come to green Bay playing, you know, 20, you know, 16, 17 years in green Bay, having a hall of fame career and going on to a couple of teams. But, um, but you know, I mean, any you guys know better anybody, Leroy and Gary. This is that's the nature of our business. You know, they're always out mm-hmm. there. They're always trying to look replacement. They think they can get a better guy for a cheaper price, and, or or a, a guy that can help their team win. Because you know, as the saying goes, if you don't win in the NFL, you're not going to be there for long. So, um, and you know, and you look at Ron's situation. He brings Brett huh? in, and the rest of history. He's he's done a remarkable job with that. And I mean, it, it will go down as one of the greatest. Uh, transactions ever happened, but um, you know, but you, you look, you, you know, we had the opportunity to play with Brett, and you know, he was the guy that was uh, guy that had fun. He loved what he he was doing, and he was uh, he was respected amongst his players and teammates. And uh, he was out there every Sunday, willing to put his line on the body and uh, on the line to win games. And and you know, as we were there, we were very successful. We had the opportunity to go to two Super Bowls, and you know, fortunate to win one. Um, and yet, if you look at the, you know the individual accolades that some of the guys achieved over that career, you know are, are pretty tremendous. With you know guys like you and Reggie and you know Brad and those guys going into the Hall of Fame. You look at all the great players like Keith Jackson, Shimura, you know mm-hmm. Earl Dotson, Mark. Oh, there was such a tremendous amount of respect for those players, and they all turned out to have great careers. And and the coaches that participated in it as well. You know, Frank. Um... And I will say this because I think, you know, when we were going through CBA and we were trying to get more money and we were trying to extend yeah. everything out, and I do uh, thank you a lot for walking me through all this stuff and when I was going to get my money. One thing I like about Frank Leroy, mm. Frank says, if I don't know, 
I'll get somebody to find out and right. got back to me right away when he got Frank the right information. So, yeah, and then all of a sudden I, I saw Frank uh, at the yeah, Super Bowl. Right away, hold it off. Right, right, right. <laughs> I saw Frank at the Super Bowl once again. Uh, just just great people. And I think it's a great honor for you, Frank. I mean, you, you've done a lot for a lot of guys um, that has helped them try to understand what uh, the NFL is all about, what resources that we have to better our, our lives. I, and I just was asking this. What's what's probably the the most important thing you've learned? Now you're kind of on the other side of this, that you learn a little bit about the NFL after you got done playing. Well, there's a couple of things I learned. I mean, you know, like you said, like there's been more money made. I think the great thing is our pensions have gone up. There are yeah. more benefits. Uh, there are things I've talked to you about. I've talked to guys like Bill Schrader and Earl Dotson and uh, guys with regards to. I, I think. The thing that I, I respect the most is the things that they have done with regards to medical. I mean, hey, everybody's got their issues, you know. Right. You know, nothing's perfect in the world. But if you if you are a former player and you haven't had the opportunity to go through the trust and and taking the total body evaluation where they you go for I think it's two or three days and you need to go to Florida like New Orleans or LA or Minneapolis where they have um, really great hospitals, and they do a total body, um, a body evaluation, and they give you a baseline of where you're at at the current part, you know, situation in your life, and it gives you an opportunity to, you know, make those changes. Try to be, try to be more health conscious and stuff like that. Because as we get older, um, you know, things start breaking down. You know, you, you, you're, I mean, that's and that's just as a football player, that's as a human being in, in right. general. So. They do offer some great things, and um, like I said, and nobody's nothing's perfect. I mean, so we try to make the most of the the, um, the present scenarios that are presented to us, with with the benefits that are offered to us with regards to joint replacement costs. Um, you know, the NRAs that are offered to players under 65 years old now, the uh, dedicated hospital network um, that offers you up to a, a, a pretty good substantial amount of money a year to spend on your body, either physically, emotionally, you know, uh, you know, you know, other services that are needed, you know, that you may have occurred from football. Um, it was interesting. I talked to a guy that plays for the Lions, Eddie, uh, his name was Eddie Murray. He was a kicker. He called oh, the me kicker, Eddie yeah. Murray. Yeah. Eddie yeah, Murray. Yeah. 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 Played 19 years yeah. in, in the league and some of the benefits, he, I sent him an email and, he, uh, he responded to an old email he never had. Now, you look back at some of these old guys, they still use the flip phone and stuff. <laughs> so it's a, 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 lot of it's, a lot of those guys are hard to get a hold of, you know, and, and, right. and they're unaware of the, what do you call it, the benefits that are available to them. And so I sat down with him, and he had a couple of questions with regards to the NRA, uh, the National, I mean, Dedicated Hospital Network, um, and, and his, you know, his NRA, he, he, you know, he wanted to know if he was entitled to the, the money, even though he didn't spend it, but he was eligible for it before. So I got him the answers and stuff, and it's rewarding to see these guys. I mean, you know, you go back and look at some of these older guys. Some of that money is a lot of money, and it, right. it could provide, Absolutely. you know, good medical, you know, for the older guys, it could be provided to good medical conditions, you know, for a couple of years. So we're trying to make it better for everybody. Like I said, nothing's perfect, but, you know, we're out there, you know, trying to help everybody out. Talk with Frank Winters, Packers Hall of Fame Center. Again, uh, going into uh, Mike Ditka's Great Iron Greats Hall of Fame coming up on Friday night. I'm just about to tweet out the link if you want to get tickets to see him, Warwick Dunn, a lot of other great guys that are going to be going into the Hall of Fame uh, as well. So I I guess coming to the present, uh, we were talking earlier uh, before you came on, David Carr, the former Texans quarterback, uh, came out a couple days ago Uh to NFL Network and said he thought the Packers might win eight games this year. Um, And I... I, I can't believe one would say such a thing. Uh, considering they've been winning 13 games for the last three years, I, I realize losing Devontae Adams is a big deal. When you look at this Packers team, now that the draft is done and kind of what they've done in free agency, how good do you think this Packers team can be? Well, I mean, I think they'll, they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive, I guarantee you that. Um, sure. You know, they've been competitive. You know, if you look at the last 30 years in the NFL, they've been one of the most competitive, you know, top three teams in, in that history span, that span of the history. But I think, you know, you lose a player like Devontae Adams, who I thought was probably the best receiver in the NFL. But, you know, things happen. You know, the salary caps they got to, you know, you got to deal with. Uh, there's quarterbacks, you know, that demand a lot of money. Um, and, and as I always said in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, your chances of winning games are you know pretty much slim to none. You know, so 
Uh, you did, you have Aaron Rodgers there. You can get some of the, hopefully you can get some of those, you know, injured guys back like Bakhtiari and, you know, these young guys today coming in today that get drafted usually step in right away and hopefully they can tr- contribute. But I think, I, I mean, I still think they'll probably be the favorite to win that division. Um, and as well as you got Aaron Rodgers, I mean, anything can happen. Um, and, you know, in, in football, along with any other professional sports, it comes down to an end of the season, you know, being healthy, you know, uh, you know, making the least amount of mistakes and, you know, catching a break here and there. And, and that's what the teams that usually wind up in the Super Bowl and the team that plays the best and on one day usually wins. Yeah, uh, Frank, real quick, I got about a minute and a half. I love Mark Chimura, one of the nicest guys, the funniest. People don't even know how funny this guy is. I just love being around him. But with the uh-huh. three amigos, you, him, and Brett, now, because you're kind of in the middle, okay? Which one of those uh-huh. guys really got on your nerves? Just say, oh, man, did he really just do that? I mean, because I know you got Brett, the Hall of Famer, then you got Chewy, you know, the good-looking guy, that, you know, you got, and then he's the bigger guy. He can keep people off of you. But we, we was a very close close team but out of those two yeah. guys which one are just you say man, i can't believe i mean he did that i mean it could be golf you know putting down the wrong score or it could be yeah. you know not paying for the check it could be anything which one of those two guys well you know well chewy chewy's he's great chewy's very generous you know, chewy, Brad, yeah. he could be a little tight you know he never wanted to pay his bad team when he lost um <laughs> you know, you, you spoke to, I talked to BB a couple of days ago, and BB says he stole him 200 bucks from like 1994. <laughs> that was without interest, you know? So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting, but, you know, they're both great guys. You know, yeah. you know, Brett, like people say, Brett was just a country guy from, you know, a country town. So, yep, um, yep. So you kind of give him a little credit here and there, you know. You kind of give him like a break, you know, once in a while. But <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah. they're both, they are both great guys. Um you know, you love hanging out with them. And, uh, and like you said, we, we I mean, you, you could sit around our locker room, Leroy, and, and the stories that would be told, oh, even dude. like when we had a Super Bowl reunion last year, it was still funny. Some of those guys, some of those guys I haven't seen in 30 years, and, and, it's, and you still laugh about it. Absolutely. Time about it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.